0: Chris, do you have a joke?
1: A joke, you, yeah. you ask? Have you written it down? No. <laughs> right, okay. oh, it's up here. Because <laughs> right, okay, cool. oh, we
2: did well on that list.
1: <laughs> so nice. listen, although the, uh, we've seen the last coronavirus uh, press conference down the road. It was the last one yesterday, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Last doesn't, daily one. Daily one, that's what I mean. But, uh, you know, it doesn't disguise the fact that the authorities are still worried. There is a lot of jokes and laughter around coronavirus. They say it's a pandemic.
2: Oh God, these are getting worse. <laughs> Come on, straight.
0: Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Welcome to the Good Roundup. Good is a brand consultancy in the UK, and from time to time we get together and chat about brand and coronavirus and things that we like and things that we don't like. And uh, with me as ever, I have uh, Mr. Chris Lumsden mm-hmm. and, and Ms. Julie Murdoch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, how are we doing? All right? Yep. Good.
1: <laughs> What's yep. up with you, Chris? <laughs> no, it's just a, I don't like the tone that you take with the jokes, but fine. I'll stop doing them then. Anyway. <laughs> Try and edit that out. What are we
0: talking about today? <laughs> straight to business. This is, this is in a big
2: impossible. Straight to business. <laughs> no no pre pod bands <laughs> no, today. No, 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 we we, we weren't appreciative
0: of. So today we're going to talk about something that we've been talking about for a while and battering about, and that is the concept of brand leadership. And within our by our clients, well, just brand leadership. Well, I think the interesting thing about brand leadership is, of that we're, course, within our clients. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be an abusive one. Hold on tight. Hold on tight. <laughs> Hold on tight. Sorry. Scream if you want to go <laughs> nastier. That'll be the thing. So we'll be. T- <laughs> <laughs> we'll be talking about brand leadership and the interesting thing about our clients and the, inter- the interesting thing about brand leadership, I think what's good about this kind of topic is that not just from a, an agency client relationship, but if you're going to go to work for a company and you're going to work in the Marcom's department of such a company, you can actually then go, actually, do these guys take this seriously or are they at it or is there a hill to climb? And it's one of these signs that you just kind of automatically assume, you kind of go, right, they do this, they do this, they do this, and it's worthwhile just kind of expanding in that. That's what we're kind of meaning by brand leadership. And the first thing, the five signs of brand leadership that we think are important, starting with number one, can you guess what it is? It's pretty obvious, but that the CEO, or at least the board, take it seriously, that there is brand mm representation on the board what do you think of that one
1: their main well i totally agree but i I think it's unlikely there'll be brand representation on the board but i think that um it's important that the leadership of the organization are behind the initiative are driving the initiative and believe in the initiative and prepare to fund the initiative really um to, to, to ensure that it's done well and we've Seen this in many guises, um, you know. Involved in projects with big clients. Be well. In, in this case, the one I'm talking about is B2B, you know, organization, and the CEO was the primary sponsor of the of the project. And funnily enough, it went really well <laughs> because you know he drove it and expected his team to help facilitate the background work that we had to do. And it was really, really uh, positive. It was a very positive experience. But it can it can go the other way as well when when it's being pushed by, you know, perhaps not at the that horrible expression, the C suite level, but you know, further down the chain. And if they're not behind it, it's it's hard. It's hard to get the the dollars out of it and it's hard to, to, to get the, the, the you know, the, the compliance if you like.
2: And I think just this an extension of the same point, but I think whenever if brand is a thing is seen by the wider organization as being the remit of um, the pretty bit within the marketing function, then the opportunity to use that as a valuable tool to impact across the organization is massively limited if it's not driven by the CEO and from the top down and, and across the entire organization so that brand as a thing encompasses everything from customer experience to product to innovation to HR to internal comms and marketing and marcoms and customer facing stuff, then it's, you know, it is going to always be a an uphill struggle to because brand becomes the well-designed logo and a consistent mm. colour palette and, you know, just words and paragraphs of copy on a page that live in a drawer like you see.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, yeah, it shows, I suppose, it's going oh. to be, it's going to run a bit deeper than just that skin, yeah. you know, skin-deep level.
0: But you, you won't find a board stroke C-suite in the world that, Will say that brand isn't important. I think they'll all say it's important, but what does that? How does that manifest?
1: You'll not get someone to say, "Yeah, brand's not important." Mm. Yeah, uh, but the the extent to which they're prepared to fund it and walk the walk, as you say, is 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 determinative around mm. <laughs> what's going to happen.
2: It's your point about: or did they take? Is it is it taken seriously? Is it something? Are you how serious are you about it? And I think that is about again something that lives. Out with just the marketing function and the customer-facing stuff, about how are you using brand to guide decisions about what the, you do and don't do as a business, as opposed to just how do we face out to customers?
1: Mm.
0: And I think that probably leads nicely into the second point: was if you're taking brand seriously at that level, then you're going to need to do some research on it and some, Measure brand, it. yeah, you know, mm. and not just as sales volume or the kind of monetary metrics but actually some brand tracking mm-hmm. research
1: yeah yeah i yeah. totally agree consumer <laughs> and think, research and tracking yeah you know and you, quite quickly you uh you get to know how serious they are about that when you ask for some of that stuff and you see how recent it is or and how Frequent, consistent it is, yeah. and
2: that's something we've talked to a number of clients, and actually more so recently in the B2B space, just by coincidence, but I think, so it's, um, but again, cu- customer research, looking at values and sort of brand perception metrics as a as a, as a guide, and asking customers to, so there's the very, um, oh, any business will, will have a view on how they want to be perceived but is that the reality in terms of how you face out to to customers and 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 sometimes, I guess it could be you know same could be applied said internally from a employee point of view but I'll come on to talk about that one, won't we? Mm-hmm. It's the consistent investment as well. So it can't just be a one. Sh- it's not just a one-time thing. So whether it's NPS you use or whether it's a combination of NPS and and brand tracking in its traditional sense, it, you know, I think the challenge of expecting things to change quickly is a is a is is something that we come across as well and that, you know, these metrics aren't going to change in six months on the back of one brand campaign or one piece of activity. These are things that you need to be measuring and monitoring and tracking over a, you know, 12 month, two year, three year, five year period to see a sizable change in terms of how those impact those metrics are impacted.
0: And when you're looking at the brand tracking, just to be clear, you're looking at recall, which is have you heard of these companies and you should be in there, and what do the, these companies make you feel or yeah? So what, it's generally perception? a
2: combination. Yeah, so it's a combination. So I was talking more there about perception, but yeah, I mean, stage one. Page one is: do they know you? Do you, you know, prompted and unprompted recall? So name X. Name all beer brands that you can think of, and then you know, show some logos of which of these do you recognize. So that will give you your spontaneous and, and or your your prompted and unprompted recall. But then it's, you know, it could be, I perceive, do you believe brand X is expensive, top quality, the best brand money can buy, believes in supporting its customers, whatever whatever Mm. it may be. And then you have a kind of a set of measures that you can then track against on a consistent basis which should be driven by your values that bring you right back to, is this something that's driven from the CEO throughout the business? Do, you, do, the, do the individuals across the business understand that fundamentally what your brand stands for, what you're built on, what you believe in? And that should really drive those perception metrics that you engage.
1: Mm. I think as well, research is a double-edged sword for me. I think it's important that it's used in the right way, whether it's tracking or or, or otherwise. And I think one of the signs that frustrates me i can it's quite a big tell is if people use research blindly to help just just to to make decisions for them one of my biggest bugbears is you know organizations that overly test consumer concepts and you know design concepts into the consumer space because it's really really tricky to do that well and actually you're 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 abdicating a bit of responsibility there and to me that's these are signs maybe that there's not an awful lot of experience in there and that you're looking for research to lead that 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 process. So it's it's not leadership, it's kind of the opposite. That's used as a crutch. So we have to be we have to be careful there. I think also there's the the curse of over-researching. You know, and and there are some consumer organizations, B2C b 2 c organizations that can get lost in that. And you can get lost and lost and lost in data and you lose a thread of what the bigger picture is so there's a couple of watchouts there for me i think it's important but it, it has a place and it's important that the organization knows what the place is for research
0: so the second that second part of understanding how your brand is perceived which is externally by your customer and as you say julie the internal customer as well is important and that leads us Nicely to the third point, it's which like is, we've rehearsed. I know, I, know, I, know, I, really, I know. I've done my homework. But the, the nice thing about the third one is once you get that information, what do you do with that? And that is the balance of what's called the long and the short, and mm-hmm. how you can start to address some of uh, the brand positioning work. Who wants to define for me the long and the short?
2: It's just the the distinction between short term sales activation based activity and longer term brand building activity and understanding there's a lot of research being done in terms of how marketing budgets and should be split to support each and i can't remember what i think it, i can't remember specifically what it is they're slightly different 60, for b2b 40, and 50 b2c 50 for, yeah, yeah stuff something like that. like that but it's pretty much, kind of 50 50 you know you so half of your budget should be spent on the the sales sales driving stuff and half of it should be built on the spent on the longer term brand building initiatives and i think what we quite often see particularly within the b2b space with some of our clients is that the focus tends to be on the shorter term sales activation for a number of way, reasons yeah, yeah. yeah i think you know partly because some of those organizations tend to be pro- very sort of historically product or engineering led firms so naturally the focus when it comes to messaging and customer comms is much more on tactical Sort of product specific features and benefits rather than the kind of the sort of bottom of funnel type messaging, rather than talking to sort of end users about application as opposed to the top of funnel. What do we? You know what? What do we want to be, and how do we want to talk about and position ourselves as a as a brand for to people that are not necessarily ready to make a decision today about purchasing a, a, b, or c. But so we quite often tend to see more focus and investment on the shorter term activity than the longer term brand building, or on the not necessarily on the flip side. The other thing we see is brands trying to do a combination of both. So having a product launch campaign, for example, but with a underlying brand message. So you're trying to do the Here's a great new product from X, and this is why you should believe it's great because we stand for ABC, which can be a really challenging thing to. Manage I think that's in terms
1: a, of quite a common thing, isn't it? Where marketeers want to try and force two or three messages into a a, a, a push, and and you know it's that sense of sacrifice that's really important. And I, we get it. We talked about. It. I mean, it's it's difficult for B two B businesses to sacrifice and focus and and do that and focus entirely on. A brand message, rather than something with, you know, a call to action that might lead to yes. a potential sale, because that's a difficult psychological barrier to to cross, and and you can get the sense that they're scared of just spending dollars in that space because the return is nebulous at best, and it's not felt for for quite no, a long time. Don't. And given that we were talking the other day about the average tenure of an a CMO is
2: three months or something. You know, said, so yeah. you
1: understand why that the gravity pulls the activity towards tactical short term spikes.
2: The other thing was and I think just as an extension of that, I think there's there was and this was from the point made in the that LinkedIn report where we talked about the other day. And it was around this kind of belief, particularly within B2B, that buyers are making decisions on a purely kind of logical, rational basis. So the kind of need for that slightly more emotive brand building stuff isn't perceived to be there. And the research would say that although it's probably not as important as in the B2C space, a whole kind of mental availability thing of you know how quickly one brand comes to mind over another, it is still important mm. in B2B. But I think we tend to see probably less of an investment and a focus on Yeah. That.
1: I think this is the one in our list that is potentially the hardest to mitigate against us as as the agency in that space, we, we, we struggle to, we can make the case for it and we can and there's lots of sort of empirical evidence to back those points up that you just made about, you know, the, the, the benefit of doing it long term and, and investing through, you know, downturns and that kind of thing. But it's really hard to, to to take it any further. And it comes back to the first point, I suppose, about leadership and, and, and the CEO and, and the level of engagement and appreciation. Unless that link is made and is there, you're probably going to struggle.
0: I think that it's interesting when you look at media at the moment, and I've been watching a lot of the YouTubes. Watching, I love the. I YouTubes. hear that's oh, good. That's magic. You should really get in it. the YouTubes, as my son calls it. I love the YouTube's. the YouTubes, mm. and what they're doing with pre-roll at the moment is there's there's six seconds, and we we're talking to a client just now about mm. doing a video, and they're doing that thing. They're talking about we need brand, but we probably need we, we want to do we we need we want to do a brand message but really needs to have the product in it and at the moment there's flash which is a detergent brand in the uk are now selling uh cleaners for your trainer and they're getting the message over in six seconds that but what's happening is because they've done because you know flash because they've done years of brand brand building half of the message is cut out because i trust them because i don't i don't really care about them but i do trust that they do the job which makes the selling of the new product a lot easier and i trust
1: it a little bit more because it's from flash. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the interesting part about that is and i was talking about this i was in a webinar thing yesterday i was actually contributing in it but but, but the trust us, feel about I know it? i know <laughs> the trust part is the interesting bit the reason they can commute that to 6 seconds is cuz mm-hmm. that's all inbuilt in mm-hmm. your head yeah. already. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. If you are not Flash, and this is the brands that <laughs> they conflate these things like, you know, well, if Flash can do it, then we can do it. And it's like they forget the 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 equity that's in your head that's been built up for years. There's a value to that. Mm. And it means that they can sell something in six seconds, where if it was a startup, you're probably going to have to spend a lot longer yeah, you're gonna have defining to... what that means, who cool. you are. All of those elements,
0: And you're going to have to create a 30 second video, which does too much that you then don't care about because, Correct. actually, as with all advertising to a degree, it's getting in the way of the thing I want to see. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the again, the curse mm. of it's the that's why the six second ads are so powerful because if you have the brand position there, you can sell the product because you can't skip them. You can skip the 30 second ones. Yeah. And that's where it's and so it's kind of going, they are two separate jobs. And I think sometimes. B 2 B businesses look at that and going, we can't do that, but you can because it's just a smaller audience. Yeah, mm. it's not mass market, yeah. but you but, can be really targeted yeah. with
2: it, can you? And you can, like we always talk about in the digital channels, you can measure it and yep. um, evaluate it. Very, well, test and learn approach very
1: effectively. It shows how important it is to position and the foundational elements of your brand have to be absolutely solid mm. first. Yep, spend time and money and effort there, and then you'll get the benefit of that in the long term. Yep.
2: One uh, one that we we have referenced a number of times and some of our clients are probably sick of hearing us talk about IBM as an example of a B2B brand that does that well Mm. in terms of balancing that really simple, engaging, slightly more emotion-led messaging at a brand level with the tactical product stuff. And that was there, you know, you were not going to get fired for buying an IBM. And it's that kind of recognizing that business B2B buyers purchase for a whole range of or make decisions on a whole range of factors some of which are rational but some of those i.e., is it going to get is this something that's going to get me fired <laughs> yeah.
1: emotional stuff is
2: is just as important yeah the
1: emotion is really important isn't it it's um it's easy one of to the forget the that, that i think in yeah the space. And, and a lot of the stuff that comes into us one of the first things we'll do is help drive that sense of humanity and 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 you know make them more human effectively, yeah, humanize, them. humanize oh. them because they sound like robots in a way. And remember, you know, the point is that you can still be professional and sort of conversational at the same time. Yeah. And that works.
2: And I think that's something we can, again, we quite often, or we have seen a number of times in the past around, from particularly from organizations that are very product technology or engineering led, because that kind of simplification of a lot of that brand language is perceived to be more like a dumbing down of how smart their tech is, and it's like just—I think there needs to be an understanding of uh, a product, and that's why brand is, is just as important. That brand lives within the product team yeah. as it does within the marketing function, because there needs to be a you know an understanding that it has a role and it has a place in, and it, but understanding those hierarchies and how it's it all the glue, fits together. It? Yeah, yeah, the
1: glue—it's the glue that holds all of the those elements together. You want to move us on? No, no, I works, don't know. There,
0: There's—it's probably another podcast that we can have about this because it is interesting it's about you know that humanization is understanding the emotional benefits which is different from emotion being emotional yes yeah. Yeah. and it is that kind of and i read a very good article that was shared with me by my my little uh, crowd of people that i talked to on a wednesday and, and it was about that saying it's not about being emotional it's about selling the emotional benefits mm-hmm. and that's the key thing and that's where it all ties in and builds up to making sure that there's two different messages you can build up the emotional benefits of working with that company and the emotional benefits of that product they are separate
1: yeah and it's the it's the fact that those guys especially the product and the engineering led they assume way too much knowledge at the start of that journey well that
0: is a beautiful segue
1: oh into 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 point, point four into point four which is rather weirdly named
0: well yeah it was it was a thing that kind of i read and it and it made me think, and that is that brand strategy should always be an organisation chart. And, and What do you mean by that? Well, story? what I mean by that is, and this was this was actually originally presented to me in the sense of um, development within Apple. Believe it or not, I know I'm bringing up Apple, but a guy called Stephen Sinovsky who used to run Windows was saying how amazing the work that Apple's doing, and what tends to happen, you know, they've got twenty thousand people probably working on this new transition that they're doing. And this is what tends to happen in organizations that size is that the companies who, like at Microsoft, the team with the most amount of people could dictate strategy a little bit, you know, have more power in changing, no, we can't do this. And I think what's interesting is that if working again with product like companies, it can happen is that the product is more important than the brand. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which is mo- which is understandable because this is their they've invested sweat tears and blood into it and millions of
1: dollars and millions billions, of, billions dollars. of dollars yeah
0: but if it then says if, if you're then the tail starts to wag the dog a little bit going but we've done this because it's really clever but it might not be necessarily what the brand value is or or tie back into the brand so actually wherever possible the brand should seamlessly interact with what the product's going to be Like, you know, it shouldn't, you know, because it's started by a founder and it should feel as if it's part of the brand rather than being forced into the the other way. And
2: that's because there, I was actually reading an article. It was about the. Was it a meme? Rose. No, it was Rose Mercario. It wasn't a meme this time who but recently stepped down. Say, you know, we have Patagonia is one that we often talk about as well, but obviously step that was articles where she had announced kind of stepping down and was talking about kind of the over her 12 years there at Patagonia that she developed a suite of initiatives across all business areas, but fundamentally it was about bringing their foundational commitment to the environment closer to its products, so it was about reviewing supply chains, it was streamlining production, eliminating waste and excess packaging, new technologies, investment in sustainable material science, all that kind of stuff and it was obviously I think she quadrupled the value of the business and the process, but it was all about building on the foundational beliefs and well foundations of the brand about a commitment to the environment and protecting and, and not being a negative impact in the environment, but bringing all of their initiatives across the business to well, yeah, it's closer to their closer to their products. So it wasn't rather than living as something that was distinct from the apparel part of the business. So I thought it was interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's probably the, at its clearest that division between our, you know, classically B two B focused organizations and the and the B two C ones. I mean, it's where the power resides you know and and, and you're right the, the, the manufacturing function and and to a, a, probably a, the same extent the sales function mm-hmm. can and in 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 some cases rightly lead the whole sh- shooting match you know um and brand and marketing is is sandwiched in between as a, as a as a, a delivery mechanism for Mm. <laughs> the pictures, and that's why we yeah. see that. That's but why we
2: see the, the lack of, or the sort of the the of the kind of the lack of balance between the long and short mm-hmm. investment, because mm-hmm. you know sales targets and sales figures so and quarterly important. targets set by leaders are so important. So tying that spend to leads and ops is is a really difficult barrier. And to that's open. the
1: yeah the relentless push on sort of shareholder you know value and price produces a a, 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 a cyclical short term thinking scenario which means that these longer-term things are really... Investment in them are, are hard.
0: It's hard. And that's where you see the big, big super companies tying it back to brand, I think it was Tim Cook who said, don't invest in us mm. if you do not believe if you don't in our believe values. In what we're doing, yeah. yeah, you know, then don't invest in
1: us. Mm. It's the same with Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Going, You're not getting Take any a seat. money.
0: Take a seat. You're not getting <laughs> any money. Because our values are we need to be better at this and that's what we're going to do because that's the brand. And they're obviously
1: two, you know, iconic examples but it is that leadership from the top that yeah. says this is the and it's strategy and it's yeah. all of these things, doesn't it? It ticks those boxes but to these guys, they get it. They understand the value that that brings. But that's not to say, you know, and let's be honest here, that one one of the questions we often ask is when we're brought in and, and you know, we're given the chance to challenge the, what well, is the, you know, what, what's the cost of doing nothing? Do you need to do this stuff? Mm-hmm. Because in some cases, sometimes it doesn't make an awful lot of sense to, to change it all up. And And that system of a product-led strategy is, sufficient
0: yeah i think there's been a couple of times very rarely but you know the sales team say we need to change the brand and that might not be the case and again this ties back up to doing research because it's not a guy who's maybe not hitting the sales target can then start blaming and you know it's the brand people don't get it or anything else well it's an easy target it's
1: an easy thing to change and that's when you end up it can you can end up doing double damage you know (laughs) Let's change things that have been around for a long time and have actually become strong assets, strong brand assets. But through a lack of understanding and a lack of research and a lack of knowledge around what the consumer and customer base actually believes, they go ahead and need you and change stuff because somebody doesn't should, like yeah. the color of the typeface or these. These conversations are again signals to say this: these guys don't really have much experience in this space, and you know you need to be careful.
2: That's for your point about you know. Making sure that understanding the value and the place for research is important uh-huh. because is it, you know, is something being changed because it's a, it's a customer need and it's going to improve the customer experience or make it easier to navigate? Blah, blah, blah. Naming's one that we come up against a lot, isn't it? Or mm-hmm. is it being, is it a kind of inside out decision that's being made because it makes sense for the business as opposed to it makes sense for the customer?
0: It's so a mm-hmm. good way of putting it, the inside out decision. And I, I like a client when you kind of go, when you know that that discovery phase and you say to them are you just bored of this Mm -hmm. Mm. and you can usually tell by the amount of time between the question being asked and the question being answered if it's five seconds and you know yeah you're bored of Mm. it and you haven't just realized it and if they can kind of come up with a, a good solid answer that's positive as well and sometimes you know the good clients kind of go you know what maybe you go, okay, well, let's have a, and you know we, we believe strongly in responsible design, not changing things just because, for the sake of yeah, that. just because, you know, these codes have been built up, all the the logo, the strap line, everything has been built up over years. And as you say, Chris, you might be doing more damage. damage.
1: I think though it's easy for, and we should acknowledge for, you know, in the sake of balance that it's easy to sit. And one of the benefits of us is that we're small and nimble. We can sit on the outside of those giant organizations and make them look stupid sometimes about some of the decisions and things they're doing, but you know they are wrapped in politics and mm. wrapped up in mm. all sorts of you know struggles that we don't really have the first idea about. And and I think it's about trying to help them make the least bad decision. Mm. Yep. Sometimes yep. we are often in that space,
2: and those these things are are more often than not very are, are imperfect, aren't they? Yeah. You know, we and we've kind of chastised ourself for it a number of times in the past and we're looking at kind of brand architecture and naming and these beautifully crafted house of brand or branded house models that you kind of hero is this is what you should and and in the reality businesses that grow through acquisition over a number of years and i'm kind of I know this is a slightly different point but mm. your you know your point about it's, it's easy from the out to sit on the outside and make judgments about you know a situation yeah. But decisions will have been made for the right reason at the time. Look at the HBO perfect.
1: stuff last week. Or well, I, before.
0: I believe the phrase goes that the road to hell
1: <laughs> yes, sure. is paved yeah. with
0: good intentions. And, you know, that's one of the first slides I the brought archi- up in a presentation.
1: Yeah, that, that, that architecture stuff is one of the big blind spots, I think. You know, the, the strategy around that is, is in B2B is really poorly understood and comprehended, I think. And quite often, we're you know, we're in, we end up having to try and unpick an absolute mess,
0: and lastly, but not necessarily leastly, is or yes, it is a word, or even importantly, is that the brand is as important to the internal team as it is to customers, so that it, the brand is loved everywhere.
1: I think I think this is becoming more and more and more important with a work with the workforce and society that's well younger. And, and you know, I was listening to a guy yesterday from who was talking from the BBC. He said, work used to be a place you would come and you would leave your politics, your identity, you know, other, you know any issues you have personally, otherwise at the door and you'd go and you, you would do your work and you would come home. Now, people work for organisations that expect them to have a position on Brexit, Black Lives Matter, coronavirus, and they expect that to be stated explicitly and publicly. And I think that brands, some some brands and businesses are getting caught in the hop here, and they need to really need to, you know, be really clear and define what it is, and help reflect what it is that they're they're saying externally, and make sure that they're they're up to scratch internally as well. And that the two, I think historically, the internal brand or sometimes the EVP or employer brand that we talk about has sometimes been hived off, and it's been something that's been done by internal comms and hr Mm. and they come up with something completely different to that sits underneath in a weird way but it's not really considered with the main brand and it's a separate thing and when we've participated in that in 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 the past and you know knowing that it's wrong it's really important i think now particularly now that the the brand is really watertight to all audiences does that make sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: yeah and I, i agree i think and one one thing that we've talked about with Again, it was one of our tech clients specifically because of the you know the war for talent as I call it in that space, and that as a recruitment tool you know to be able to offer more than just an attractive package in terms of salary and healthcare that they need to be able to be um to represent themselves as a business to employees obviously but also potential employees as a as a, a place that they will choose to invest their career really and that you know that has to come from. The core brand proposition it can't it can't be something that lives separately or it just it just it's just a veneer.
0: For the companies that do don't do long, when we're going back to the long and the short of it, that they don't do the long campaigns for their customers. You've got to do long campaigns for for potential employees because, as you said, Julie, the war for talent isn't necessarily just about what the, the health package is is about. Is this a company that I can feel proud of working for that I can mm. say to my friends? I want to. I want to work here. It's interesting with Facebook at the moment, with what they are going through. Would you mm. want to work with Facebook? But there is a value. But one of the brand values in Facebook, to a degree, is that they are technically led and always pushing it. So for some people, that That's is enough. enough. That's yeah. enough to you kind know, of. Actually, I've got. I can the work I am doing can get seen by half the planet, and that is a value that I, I want mm-hmm. to do. Other people go, "No, they're dirty hate mongers," and <laughs> mm-hmm. I am not going to go near them. And so it is interesting you know, those values have got to be kind of put out there and sometimes you don't have control of those values.
1: Yeah, and, and well, you have to live them. It's like, yeah. you know, I'd say my kids, you know, it's like, you know, I'm not interested in what you're telling me about your homework and your schoolwork. I'm interested in what you yeah, do. Sure do yeah. So your yeah, actions are speaking a lot louder than your words and that's one of the, that's some of the crunching. trouble that brands yeah, exactly. get caught in. That what they say and the virtue signaling and actually the reality and you need to be, they need to be really careful. I think over the last few months, brands have been, Quite, some brands have been really quite naive and have been caught out mm. and and, and the rush to say something, to join the noise, to say, look at us. They forget to, yeah. <laughs> to actually have a think about, well, what is it? that we How is it we actually operate? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I don't think there's any shame, and in, in especially in these changing times, say, you know what, we're going to take a week to work out what we're uh, going to do.
1: You know what, we're
0: going to come back with a measured response as opposed to a knee-jerk one. So I can't um,
1: go out and say, we're here for you, and then... Deny all the, and then the loan not, applications. Yeah, and then you're not going to get a ticket refund.
0: <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, yeah. that, that's that's what we can't do. Is so all that. So those are the five signs. So summarize them. Stuart. All right, then. Okay. Well, first of all, the the, the people at the top get Have to brand, buy in and it's not just yeah. No, we get brand uh, because look at the beautiful yellow logo. That's not what it's about. It is about values, and it is about well, how you what the company believes in research on the brand to prove that what you think internally is actually being passed out there so it's you know it's all very well saying "No, we believe in this but do people actually know so, that that's what you believe mm-hmm. in. yeah and and, and, they could and also do they actually know who you are before mm-hmm. they even get to the values so that's a good point long and short activity understanding that brand building takes a long time but can actually help with that short-term sales activity by a shorthand of you know this brand and it is the you know it's product X brought to you by company Y, mm-hmm. you know, and that helps uh, a helps lot. of if cut you know through. who company Y exactly. is, exactly, the strategy for the brand isn't overly influenced by the products that you're releasing, uh, but the brand is defining the products you're releasing rather than the engineering team or the product development team going, you know, what would be good, a thing that goes boing at the end of your thing. <laughs> And finally, the brand—it's—it's it's about communicating the brand internally as well as externally, and and making sure so that people know who they're working for and feeling proud for the working for. And when these five—and they're all connected—that's mm-hmm. what's quite nice about mm-hmm. them. They're, there's there's a There's lot probably of, a lot more. There's, yeah. there's tons. But mm-hmm. I think I think if you were kind of taking a snapshot, I think there's and we could probably well, do from our perspective. Poster, yeah, yeah, I think a quick snapshot. We're going and in in a lot of ways. Point number five: Does the brand? Work internally really does influence number one. Does the CEO I get mean, those it? Those two are intrinsically <laughs> yeah. linked, aren't they? Yeah. It's not
2: just, and it's not just being on board with the value of brand. It's it's actively driving it across yeah. across the whole organisation. And yeah. I think that's you know that if you if you don't have point one, there's not much point in talking about two, three, four, or five. Yeah. I would say, yeah,
0: yeah, and it, 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 the usual on. So that has been very good brand, brand leadership. leadership. My God, Rise we're good up. when we rehearse it. Eh? So uh, and just a quick thing about pubs. Jen no. won
2: the pubs. They opened. Oh Jen
1: won the pubs. Jen, yeah. Jen yeah, won yeah, the pin and the Jen. Like she gets a cheap drink from me and Avant Garde. Two pound pint and avant garde. This has been good. Anything else?
0: Look forward to next week's. Look forward to next week. Let's do some more rehearsing. That'll be good. Alright, everybody.